Hello, Playdate. This is Ryan C. This is Ryan S. This is Ryan K. And this week we're talking about Spellcorked Art. Spellcorked Animation. And figuring out how to keep all these Ryans straight. <laughs> Thank you for listening and let's get started. Okay, so this is not Nick, this is not Don, but it is Ryan and Ryan and Ryan. <laughs> and if in case the show notes or the title hasn't alerted you to this already, we are doing an interview episode today about Spellcorked art specifically. So this is a season one Playdate game release. And in my humble opinion, it has the best darn art package of any season one game release out there. And so as an artist, I was very excited about that and reached out to the person credited with the artwork, who is Ryan Kingdom. So Ryan Kingdom, welcome. Thank you. Thank you. And when I did that, Ryan Kingdom said, oh, thank you so much. But you know what? This game would not be what it is without Ryan Splendor. So Ryan Splendor, welcome to the Hello Playdate podcast. Thank you so much for joining us. Thanks for having me. And I'm hoping we can dive into maybe a a very minor overview of uh, how games have affected each of you personally, how you came to the play date and got involved in season one. And then I'd really like to dive into the artwork and how that came to be <laughs> in spell court. So um, Ryan K, maybe we can refer to one another by <laughs> our uh, last name initials today. Mm-hmm. So yeah. Ryan K, uh, who is credited with artwork on spell court, um, can you tell us just a little bit about your gaming background and maybe how you got introduced to the play date in early stages? Oh gosh, yeah, um, love to. So um, my my gaming background, uh, I first played Super Mario sixty four when I was six years old. Um, my dad bought the Nintendo sixty four as like uh, a cool toy, cool new toy. Um, and, uh, brought Mario in there. And, um, I think from there, I mean, uh, it was just, I was so taken with, um, just these, these strange little worlds, these funny little guys that you can move around and explore, um, stuff that, you know, uh, you'd never seen before. Um, that just, I mean, that just uh, took me uh, all the way to here. Um, just uh, completely enraptured um, with uh, uh, with everything that um, a game could offer in terms of uh, interacting with, um, you know, these these really lush environments is what really really brought me to them. It's so true. I was watching my son play Mario Odyssey just the other day and thinking, my gosh, this is so fleshed out. It feels so realized, you know, mm-hmm. it's and, beautiful. and and I think you guys have done that with Spellcork. I think you've created such a realized environment and world. And it's one of the reasons why I've got you guys here. So speaking of which, Ryan Splendor, can you give us a little overview of your introduction to gaming as well? Sure. Um, yeah, games have, uh, for me as well, kind of been uh, just a part of my life as long as I can remember. Um, 
I I will go back one step further than Ryan Kingdom. <laughs> I can kind of remember my first like vivid uh, memory of video games, and the the thing that I latched onto was Super Mario World for the Super Nintendo. Uh, and I was also I think around six when that came out. Um, and so Mario kind of is the the usher of the generations, right? Mm -hmm. uh, in terms yeah. of video games, every time one is released, it sets a sets a benchmark. And Super Mario World is kind of you know, where I first saw that you could, uh, like a different type of visual imagery that I had never experienced before. Pixel art was such a different looking mechanism for delivery than uh, standard animation of the time uh, of, of live action, of, of anything like that, right? And you, you kind of got this general sense of a, a vivid place, but you had to fill in the details, right? And that was <laughs> what was exciting about that. In, in terms of just being able to say, oh, I, I see that there, but I don't like, I don't, my, my eyes can't really process details. So you, you come up with kind of that thing. So it's a, it's a little bit mm -hmm. of the same thing that you get when you have, uh, when you're reading a book, right? Where you have to uh, imagine it yourself, you get a little mm -hmm. bit of that, but you're, but you're ushered a long way with mm -hmm. uh, video games. And so um, Super Mario World was kind of the first one I can remember um, I will say that Breath of Fire for the Super Nintendo was also one of my favorites back at the time, uh, which was a big introduction to the like fantasy fantasy genre in a, in and of itself. And that series has kind of led me through the years as well with some of the most beautiful pixel art that I can name in video games uh, throughout the years as well. Um, and so I kind of got started there and uh, our, our family was just the kind that like, um, our dad was very much into technology and always had new computer parts and, and all the newest stuff there. So it was kind of one of his hobbies that he introduced of saying like, oh, we want to, I, I just want to see what the new thing is, what mm -hmm. technology can bring us. And that was kind of the vector was always video games. Like, and that's kind of the interesting thing about them is that they're always kind of at the forefront of technology in a certain way. Um, and, and, uh, I'll piggyback off what you said, Ryan Kay, which is that it's video games are kind of that art form uh, that encapsulates everything about what technology can do. It's the most chaotic of technologies, right? Because you you unleash these worlds for people to live in, and then they break it, and then it's like it has constraints, but it you don't want it to have constraints, but it ends up having it. And so it's this super interesting push and pull of like, what can you deliver? what can you give to them and then what can they kind of uh pull out of it themselves as well mm -hmm. absolutely um, cool cool well without mentioning our ages i feel like we have three generations of video games here because we started with ryan k in the n64 mario went back to super nintendo and mario mm -hmm. world with you and i got my start around the same age six with Super Mario Brothers on the NES. So, hey, <laughs> there it, we go. It, it is mm -hmm. interesting how that uh, how that IP is really, as you said, a benchmark. It, it really mm -hmm. sets the stage for what gaming can and should be. It's incredible. Okay, uh, waxing Mario aside, <laughs> <laughs> let's move into uh, how each of you found out about and got involved with your season one game for the Playdate spell corked sure um uh, i can i guess start that off i think um uh as i was kind of like 
we were the we, we were able to pull Ryan Kingdom in for this game once it yeah. was underway and and very much realized from that. But I guess how I got involved with that was, um, I think I heard about the play date when it was initially announced as a thing seven eight years ago at this point. Um, when Panic came out and said, "Hey, we're going to do this thing," and it made a little bit of a splash, and so I kind of knew what the what the hardware was. Um, but eventually, from there, I, I kind of loosely followed it. And um, my trajectory in video games was that we got involved with um, some teams that we would go to conventions with and help uh, kind of um, share their game with the people going to the convention. Uh, which started with uh, what is now Tunic. We, we were asked by our friend Felix Kramer to um, come and uh, put on some Fox onesies and promote uh, <laughs> Tunic to, to the crowd and, and just tell them about what this game was supposed to be. And so we got to go to a PAX and uh, kind of just just be goofy animals for a weekend and, and expound the, the virtues of this uh, really cool looking game that was just just under development by Dicey and uh, turned out to be a phenomenal thing over the years. Um, and so we got, got involved with that and uh, eventually uh, Felix was helping out on the play date as a producer at the time. And they told us um, uh, that we could pitch a game. They were, they were open for pitches. Um, and uh, our friend Jada Gibbs uh, was kind of the originator of this um, idea. She had always wanted to make some video game about, about which is about brewing potions, about like she has a, a deep love for um, plants and vegetation and the world around that. And, and magic on top, right? And so, um, my brother and her kind of bandied around some, you know, just like, oh, well, of course you could use the crank to uh, stir a potion, right? Like that's the most basic interaction that you could do. Um, and uh, they were hanging out with Felix at the time and Felix said, oh no, that's, yeah, sure. Why don't, why don't you just make that game? Uh, and we said, uh, okay, cool. Um, and so it was kind of, uh, Nick and Jada, they, they got that started and eventually reached out to me to say, hey, of course, uh, I had been doing pixel art for uh, primarily for four, four-ish years at that point, uh, just as kind of a hobby. And we had made some smaller games uh, as, uh, as a little team just for fun, um, but had kind of grown into that. And they were like, of course, you know, if you want to help out with this, uh, please let's, let's put together a pitch deck and, and get that going. And, uh, we, we did that and the, uh, panic people said they left the idea. And so we got, I started on the kind of ideation of it. Um, and it was, uh, probably six months into it that we reached out to Ryan Kingdom. And I had done a lot of the initial visual, um, I don't know, kind of just trying to tell the story, but didn't know exactly where to take it yet. Um, and Ryan Kingdom has some of my favorite art and my brother's favorite art that we've ever seen. And, you know, when you have, have an artist that you can just look at it and anytime you, you uh, see an image from them, you, your heart just grows a little bit and you go, oh, so cute. Um, we, so we reached out and, uh, and, and got them involved to help uh, kind of flesh out um, a couple of key areas around the game that needed 
needed uh, an extra touch to it, right? Which were um, uh, the main character, uh, all the um, items that you get as you go through the game, as well as the, the logo itself for the game. And, and so uh, I, think, I think we started with the main character uh, and then came back for, for seconds and thirds with the, <laughs> with the logo and the, the items just because it, you know, uh, it's how can you turn that down and, and, and needed, needed that pizzazz that Ryan came to bring. So that's, that's how, uh, how we got Ryan involved. So you can kind of take it from there, I think. So <laughs> I, I want to hear all about Ryan K's side of this, <laughs> but Ryan S you mentioned something that I wanted to touch on before I forget. You said that you do pixel art also. I haven't seen this. Can you tell me a little bit about this? About oh, your involvement? Myself? Yes, about your involvement in pixel art. Um, yeah, so, well, uh, to, to be clear, all of the pixel art that's in the game Spellcourt is uh, from me. Mm -hmm. um, and so I've, uh, you know, I've, I, I've been doing pixel art on the side, just picked it up. Like I said, I had a love for it uh, for a long time and uh, was wanting to play around in, in video game spaces and try to try to make that a thing. And so I worked uh, with my brother on some smaller games, like I said, uh, for uh, a number of years before um, that became kind of the main thing that I like to do. I do all sorts of other art and, and whatnot, but this one I latched onto because it kind of has a um, very... Uh, very rigid structure that you have to adhere to, but allows for a lot of expressiveness in ways that, that other art, um, I found it easier to deliver at least. And so, um, yeah, I mean, that's, that's, I guess that's how I got it started. And it was kind of my job on Spellcourt to uh, build out the world. And then once we had Ryan Kingdom's input, uh, I had the fantastic opportunity to like translate these luscious uh, paintings that he did into pixel art and, and kind of find, find the, find the medium and expression that I could use to translate that pretty quickly. Mm -hmm. Huh. So interesting. Yeah. Okay. I want to get into all this. Ryan K, can you please give us your side of all this? I, I want to hear how you got brought on, how you approach your artwork for this, and then eventually how that gets translated into pixel art. I'm, I'm so interested in all this. <laughs> <laughs> sure. Um, yeah, let's see. So I um, was uh, friends with uh, Ryan S.'s brother, uh, Nick, um, just um, through the uh, few years I spent uh, posting a lot of Sonic the Hedgehog fan art on Twitter, mostly. Um, and, uh, you know, um, the team just... Uh, approached me it felt uh kind of out of the blue for me um it was uh it was 2020 and it was the first um time i was starting to get work on like these larger projects um and so when uh they approached me and said you know uh here's the concept for the game Here's, uh, you know, uh, this 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 cute witch and these, uh, you know, fun item ideas. And um, I was, I mean, I was sold from 
the first, uh, uh, you know, say no more. Like I'm, I'm in, I would love to. Um, and it was, uh, just such a fun opportunity to, um, like be, uh, be allowed to, uh, take the reins in terms of some like main character like design decisions and you know uh game assets and um stuff like that that uh i was just so so grateful to um be given uh so much like fun material to play with um and to sort of uh like with the like with the key art illustration, try to figure out. Uh, it was one of the first times I was really learning to figure out like how do all of these things fit together in a space, and how do uh, we communicate? You know, the significance to uh, the player who would be the player. You know, and um, I wanted to make art for games for years um so it was just it was just perfect it, it was sounds just... <laughs> it sounds like a match made in heaven <laughs> it was fantastic yeah it, it really was... really was <laughs> so, so when you first got started ryan k uh mm -hmm. what was the first thing they asked of you what was the first illustration you did for this and in what medium are you working at this point Oh gosh, yeah. Um, so uh, first was the uh, uh, design of the main character, mm -hmm. uh, the witch, which um, was uh, really cute. I'm really happy with what we um, ended up with. Um, and uh, that uh, everything, pretty much everything I do at this point is in Clip Studio Paint. I will occasionally open Photoshop for, um, some quick like uh, some quick editing things that um i can probably do in clip studio but i don't know how and i haven't figured out how <laughs> um so i just do it in photoshop um but uh yeah so um i may have done some sketches just pencil and paper um and i remember like working from some photos that I had taken of my sketchbook. So, um, but all of the, everything finished um, was all, all digital. Okay. So it sounds like Ryan K is mm -hmm. digitally painting this mm -hmm. artwork in full color, black and white. Like what does mm -hmm. this look like when you hand it over to Ryan S? Oh yeah. Let's see. Um, so it, uh, it depended on the, um asset um you know for the uh i think for the items um we kept them black and white um uh, one reason being um there were so many of them that figuring out i think individual color palettes was not something that we had in the time frame for a series of um uh assets that were going to be in grayscale and only seen in grayscale anyway um whereas uh pretty much everything else um was uh done with full color in mind at the outset um although i do 
just as a matter of uh, habit, often switch to grayscale uh, while I'm painting just to make sure that the values are um, leading the eye correctly and that nothing is, you know, getting too muddy, muddy or lost or, or whatever. Huh. And you did deliver those to us as well, right? Yes. We, we kind of wanted to see both because of the medium, right? The plate <clears throat> being, being black and white uh, in and of itself. Um, <clears throat> it was helpful to have both the mental image of the color association um, for feeling, but to be able to also kind of translate that and do more of the what I would call on the game for your artwork was was mm -hmm. draftsmanship that I had to do and the mm -hmm. art, right? Because I was, I yeah. was doing a translation. Your stuff was so good that I wanted to capture <laughs> that feel as closely as I could. Mm -hmm. uh, and the black and white definitely helped with that. So, mm -hmm. so yeah, so. Ryan S, take us through that a little bit. Once Ryan K sends you these digital paintings, be it black and white or grayscale or color, whatever he sends you, what what were you receiving mostly? And then I'm guessing what Ryan K sent you was far higher resolution than what the play date can uh, uh can show you on its uh limited screen on this one bit screen so when you receive this high res grayscale or multicolor digital painting what are you then doing to translate it to pixel art are are you uh pixel tracing over top of things or Please walk me through that process. Yeah, sure. Um, so the, the play date itself is at a 400 by 240 resolution. Um, so high res for that type of thing, right? But <laughs> very low res comparatively. Um, and so uh, I would kind of, I, I think I did it a couple of different ways with the different assets that um, Ryan K delivered. Um, the... Uh, most direct translation that I did was all of the ingredients. And that's what you see that uh, show up on the shelves, mm -hmm. that get shown in the grimoire pages, that get um, put down in the little like inventory icons when you select them and what goes into the tools themselves, right? And so there were, um, the, the most direct translation that I did was, I, I think for a lot of the beginning ones, at least, I would take his artwork and uh, I would shrink it down to fit on the, the 400 by 240 and see see what the pixelation did on its own, right? Um, and see see what details um, popped out when they got uh, decreased in size. Uh, and then from there, uh, it was kind of a, a selective pick and choose which of those details made sense and which which got compressed in a weird way and kind of had to fill in, fill in the blanks itself. So I did uh, a kind of a fair amount of both pixel tracing over the general shape once it was uh, at the correct size that I wanted it in the game to fit on the screen uh, based on where it was. And that required a kind of a, it was it was a pick and choose, like I said, the, mm -hmm. the grimoire um, and the item selection screen where you see these high res versions of them were fairly, you know, I did a lot of, a lot of sketching over the drawings to start with. And then um, I had, at that time had either created or needed to create to simulate the depth um, on the screen. Everything is done with, uh, uh, you know, kind of simulating gradients and whatnot with dithering patterns. Um, and so uh, I, I work primarily in a program called Ace Sprite, um, which is for pixel art specifically. Uh, and it's a wonderful program that has been in development for a long time that, that caters directly to that crowd and, and has a lot of useful tools 
that aids placing the pixels in, in a nice and uh, appropriate kind of layout. Um, and within that, I, I had to create, so I would create um, uh, a square dither patterns, which are kind of like various levels of stacking the pixels, right, to simulate a gradient. And I would go through and, and I think once Ryan Kingdom got involved was when I uh, really, really uh, increased the depth of all of the assets in the game, I think, right? Because you, you kind of have to start from this mode of like, how do you, how do you think about a singular, you know, uh, black pixel on a white screen? And we did a lot of tests where we were working with white pixels on a black screen, right? To start with, <laughs> like, you kind of get different feels there, we ended up including that in the grimoire. So we'll show, oh, this is mysterious. This is something like a little, a little more uh, unearthly. Um, but uh, we, I kind of had to create these dither patterns, and uh, I would sketch the outlines of the ingredients for the high res version ones, and then kind of fill that in with the appropriate dithers to get this kind of like depth and look and feel and shine. One of my favorite was the meteorite crystal to work on that just had this luster to it, right? And I had to go, how do you make that happen in pixels though? Like what's what's the thing that makes that happen? Um, and then from there, the rest of the assets that were based off of that look were purely just like eyeballing those high res pixel versions that I did and then kind of taking um, taking the cues because a lot of the, the rest of those items in the game are much smaller, you know, 32 by 32 or 64 by 64, you know, roughly speaking um, for all those that had to fit like on the shelf and all that. And so that was more of a me putting my own spin on it for pixels only, right? Huh, very interesting. So a couple of the things I think are such standout characteristics of the art of Spellcork are one, the details that are included. For example, the transitions between scenes, you know, moving from the computer to the grimoire, the grimoire to the uh, ingredients or the ingredients to the um, sleeping quarters. And there are interstitial scenes in there that you're only seeing in the swipe, in the transition. Mm -hmm. And I found myself like going back and forth, back and forth, back and forth, just to try <laughs> to get uh, a better sight on those because there's so many interesting details in there, like a, a holder full of wands and, uh, you know, plants hanging and all sorts of different stuff. So Ryan Kay, can you talk to me <laughs> about that a little bit? I'm guessing that's largely you, or were you asked to make these interstitial scenes or how did that all work out? So, uh, Ryan S definitely crafted, um, the scenes as you, as you see them in the mm. game. And, nice, nice job, um, Ryan Kay. <laughs> and um, uh, and I was given sort of I think a lot of like um, one of the great things about this project and what I like working on projects like this is um, getting in a room where everybody has everybody's throwing like you know a billion fun ideas around and then going through and working out. Um, how can we, how can I put all these elements together in a way that feels cohesive and also um, just fill in everything with something fun to look at. Um, I very much uh, come from a 
illustration uh, perspective of just, I want to put as many fun little tidbits in there as I can without, you know, without overwhelming the viewer. But um, because of, and I think part of this comes to games is, you know, one of my favorite things about video games is that exploration, that discovery of something that feels, uh, you know, uh, secretive or feels um, easily overlooked. Um, and so anytime I am putting an illustration together, uh, I'm just thinking about what are all the things that I can get away with? What's some fun stuff that I can put in every corner um, to, if nothing else, entertain myself while I have to work on something for 20 hours or, or whatever. Um, and if other people end up noticing it and have fun with it too, then, then uh, great. But um, uh, Ryan S and the team were, uh, one of the things that they were able to give me was like a layout of like, here are the like main game screens. Um, here's what is going to be featured. You know, here's the screen with the computer. Here is the grimoire. Uh, we're going to be having the player, you know, cycle through each of uh, these in like roughly this order. Um, and it really gave me a, uh, perspective when I was putting like the key art together of like, okay, if, if the, you know, in theory, if a player is standing in a space and they are moving, you know, around, like um, they're looking at this and they're looking like how, how so it, it builds a room. And, and so, uh, yeah, suddenly you have all of these furniture elements and um, just as you're adding, you know, okay, well, here's their computer. I think, um, you know, the fun part of that is always just, you know, what kind of person is this and what do they have? What do they keep around them? And so for, uh, you know, a character like the witch who is um, uh, just trying to get by in this gig economy kind of stuff, um, you know, things like, um, you know, uh, piles of stuff left around that they, they haven't gotten around to, or, um, you know, uh, uh, item ingredients on the shelves or, um, or this, like, yeah, I was thinking about, um, you know, those little, uh, like vases that people put umbrellas in. It was like, well, that's perfect for magical stabs and such like, um, and, and you just kind of have fun sort of building everything up from there. Very cool. So Ryan S, it sounds like you gave Ryan K a basic layout of the various screens that I just mentioned a moment ago. Mm -hmm. And it sounds like maybe you had planned some interstitial areas like, hey, Ryan K, please fill this space, <laughs> even though it's not going to be a main screen. Is that kind of how it went? Yeah, a little bit. And that, it's, it's interesting to think back on that, right? The first couple of months of development where it was, it was just Jada, Nick and I working on this thing to get it off the ground to figure out what the concept was what the world was what what was existing where like what what is this space right uh we actually have like jada uh is a is a very prolific sketchbooker uh <laughs> where she likes to go in and just do little doodles that are the cutest thing that i've ever seen 
Um, and she always goes, oh, here's just a little idea. And it's, I always look at it and go, oh, I know what to do with that, right? <laughs> um, and so within her sketches, um, a lot of time was actually spent trying to figure out spatially how to present this game, right? Because you come in with the idea, you're, you're a, a witch just out of witch college, you're brewing potions, you're sending them off uh, via some method, they have to get delivered. All these things are kind of like these unknown quantities when you start to build a world. Um, and so what we did was focus primarily on where would she live? Like, what is what is the, the contents of this place? How magical should it be? How realistic should it be? How, what's the perspective even, right? Um, and, and I was going back through all of the art that we did last night, just, just you know, trying to remember through. And we did so many like perspective shifts of how you viewed this stuff. Mm -hmm. It was, it was very, uh, some of the earliest sketches that I did in pixels that where we um, were using to prototype this kind of like circular motion that Nick came up with where he was like, he, he had to put it into the game for us to really get it because we didn't know if this was, if you were going to have a character moving around at all, if you were going to mm -hmm. kind of whatever. And, and he said, no, I think we're going to be looking around the room, but it's going to be presented like this. And so I had to do some initial sketches to, to kind of like fill out this essentially panorama view of, of the, the house. Um, and they were all like, you know, isometric tilted views of like, you could see up the tables and all this thing so you could like have room to place things um and which we kept a little bit but it kind of morphed into this like you're looking dead on and you have the perspective going into the background uh straight ahead um and so a lot of time was spent uh jada has um like blueprints essentially drawn of the initial like how would this fit together from a, like a top-down view like where does where do things go and mm -hmm. we went through a lot of iterations of that and then once we kind of had that settled a little bit um that's when i got to get in there and start to fill it out with some of these like basic decorations and things like that and so it was it was a really interesting thing i think we had the rooms mostly set at that time like the viewpoints mostly mostly set they uh, they were actually, um, each of the screens was just the size of the Playdate screen, so 400 by 240 initially. And we handed these off to Ryan Kingdom. They came back with uh, the wonderful key art where we said, have fun with this. Like mm -hmm. anything that you throw in here might help, you know, fill out the game world, fill out the, the, the liveliness of this place and stuff like the, the swords and the, and the, uh, the canes and the things like that that were sitting um, in the the potted uh, in the in the pot that kind of thing like were were loosely in the background and I took those and said that's super fun and so then I built upon that and added like more of these like weapons and things that like mm -hmm. she might have collected through her journeys through college that kind of thing <laughs> right and um, you know the the story I was trying to tell with the environment to begin with was like she is just out of college she's trying to get by it's the you know potion cake economy <laughs> shop she's she's living in this space pretty much all the time right and she mm -hmm. she's uh uh magicking away these potions <laughs> to be delivered so she, there's not even a front door to the place if you look around right we, right. we thought there was going to be a big front door at one place uh, at one point in the development and uh we got rid of that because we said she probably just teleport in and out of there, right? Like it's, it's yeah. you don't need to have that. Um, and so the only uh, 
look that you get into the outside world is the kind of window where you end the night. Um, and that's where you kind of get these glimpses of like little animations and monsters that exist out of the world. But we wanted to keep it very insular and, and tell her story through um, the decoration of the room. And, and so it was kind of like, she's super neat and very good at her job. Everything is, is very like, for the most part, interestingly curated and in, mm -hmm. in nice places and on display but she does have these like messy piles mm -hmm. around and she has all that and and a lot of that was like helped out by ryan kingdom's key art uh mm -hmm. just just saying like oh, okay cool yeah you can put some little touches here you can add mm -hmm. this stuff and it adds life and yeah. and you did a really great job uh helping kind of fill out the the life of the place mm -hmm. yeah that's what i uh what was so fun about working on this was that kind of back and forth of just continuing to build off of what um, what everybody was uh, kind of bringing to the world. Um, it was just so cool. It's, it's so fascinating. You know, when you see a byline art by Ryan Kingdom and I emailed Ryan and he's like, thank you so much, but you know what? This wouldn't have been what it is without Ryan S. I was a little confused. I feel like this is kind of getting demystified a little bit and mm -hmm. even more uh, interesting because I hear that Ryan S is also contributing items to those interstitial scenes and doing a lot of translation of pixel art, but mm -hmm. it all feels so cohesive, like it was done by a single person, you know? So um, I want to congratulate both of you on, <laughs> on this really cohesive world that you've built. Um, last time I asked a question, I said, there was a couple of things that really stood out to me. One was all that detail and the other was the animations. So the animations in here are bonkers from <laughs> the very start when the cattail magics uh, wipe into existence and brings you into that world to the, the various, um, I'm going to ruin the names, but the animals that you have in the little jars and then they have a little animation and make a, uh, a magical thing happen. Um, please tell me the right words. But anyway, those animations, all of them are so incredibly charming, top to bottom. It just felt so fleshed out and a joy to experience all of this. So can you take me behind the scenes a little bit and deconstruct how all that animation took place. Ryan K, are you giving keyframe animations or Ryan oh, S, are you doing the animations yourself or how's all this working out? That is all Ryan S. Huh, wow, incredible. Mm -hmm. Please yeah, so, tell us all about it. <laughs> uh, yeah, so like I said, um, animation has kind of been my uh, main vector in the art world for as long as I can remember, right? Like that's what I, honed in on that's my favorite thing about video games uh, i'm a huge animation geek as well just in general in terms of like anything that's animated i'll get my hands on it i, I like to dissect that and it wasn't um i think i did that passively as a kid right and when i got to college i, I took some courses um and and had one guest lecturer that was an animator from the sims uh and uh gave us the the availability to use like Maya and, and just do some fun animations for the class, right? And I kind of fell in love with it from there. And so that's always been kind of my forte that I bring to art, right? Like I, I, I consider myself uh, a pretty good uh, sketch artist, a pretty good, I can do painting. Uh, I'm a very good, 
I think I used the word draftsman. I can take other people's stuff and translate it into different forms very, very easily. Um, but my favorite thing is to make a thing move. Um, <laughs> and that's what we wanted to do with the game itself. Um, and, and what uh, Nick and Jada wanted to empower me with on terms of uh, the pixel art was saying, we gotta, we gotta build the world out, but we also like, we know you can make things bouncy and juicy and move and, you know, <laughs> like, like bring that, like throw that in wherever you can. Um, and so it was a, uh, it was a very, it was a lot of work was put into, like I said, getting the world to feel right to begin with, um, understanding what the, the basic gameplay was. We were all involved with that piece of it to start with before any of the visuals really got involved and figuring out like how many different tools would you use? How many mini games do you have? What would those involve? Um, and then what's, what's the world like? And so uh, every step of the way, it was kind of just a, wherever you can put in something nice that's moving, let's do it, right? Um, and uh, the, uh, so the cat's name is Beaumare. Um, everybody's, everybody's got a name in the game. Um, uh, Loon is the name of the witch, just so you know. Um, uh, she's amazing. Um, we don't, we don't feature her very many places. You get to see her sleeping, uh, primarily when she goes, goes to bed at night and, um, that kind of thing. But it's, she's, she's kept primarily to the key art and, and outside of that, um, but what we really wanted to showcase was the like kind of creatures and friendly animals that you interact with. Um, and so the, you know, Bomer was a uh, staple of the game from the beginning. Jada and Nick uh, have both been longtime cat lovers and owners. I didn't have a cat yet at the time. My cat is sitting here with me now because halfway through the game, I went, how can I not have one? Uh, I, I love these creatures, they're great. Um, and so he was kind of one, he, you know, he sits above the grimoire on one of the scenes and he's just sleeping most of the time, right? Like he's, you know, he's not doing anything other than talking to you every once in a while and, and lazing around. Um, and so that was kind of some of the, some of the earliest animation experience experiments we did were uh, just within the navigation scenes themselves. And it was kind of my mandate that uh, I wanted something moving or something to change on every one of those environment screens, uh, just to give a little bit of life to the uh, to the environment and not have it just be, it, it would be nice if they were static images, but if we can bring some some life to it, that's that's great. Um, and so Beaumere was one of the first ones that was very simple, uh, simple animation in terms of him sitting there. And then uh, it kind of, as we developed the game uh, and more assets, began to get added, the game becomes bigger, a little bit slower to load and all that. And we realized that there needed to be a loading screen into the game itself for it to be ready. And we, we kept running into these issues of like, oh man, it's taken like five or six or seven seconds or whatever, right? To like get everything loaded into the game the way we're doing it and something needs to be there. So that was um, the one animation that I chose to go, I'm gonna do some, you know, we're gonna do this starting in like a, a traditional 24 frame uh, Disney approach mm -hmm. to this uh, loading screen animation. So it's it's the highest resolution and uh, highest frame rate of, of anything in the game. 
And I spent a long time on that going, okay, let me just get the cat. Let me, let me get Vomir moving first. And I did a lot of like, just watching videos walk of, of cats walking across the screen and, and doing the motion study of that. Uh, and then it eventually kind of, we had a lot of different ways that we morphed into the opening of the shop, but uh, one of the most like directly magical things was I, you know, I had, I had Bomer drawn out and I said, okay, then let's just, why doesn't he just rip open the universe? You know, like, <laughs> let's just, let's just pull, pull the universe open to, to get him there. And what better than his, his tail swishing across. And uh, so that was, that was a super fun one to um, kind of go through the process. And every stage of that uh, was a different looking experiment in uh, how to get that across. I can't remember even how many, there's something like a hundred something frames and that one that kind of goes across. Yeah, you nailed that. It ended up being so fluid and such a perfect yeah. introduction into the game right. world. Um, yeah. Really nicely done. I appreciate um, that. Yeah, yeah. Uh, I, so I have a couple questions before <laughs> we wrap things up. First, um, do you have any of this production art that you'd be willing to share with us? You talked about some uh, pre-panning environmental artwork and like different ways that you had of conceptualizing the game before landing on what it was would you be willing to share any of that publicly <laughs> uh i don't see why not right uh i'll i'll check with the team to make sure you know like i said some of it are sketches from jada's sketchbook um and uh you know various things like that i'm i'm open one of my favorite things about art that I, is kind of demystifying the process, right? Um, yeah. and, and showing how much it takes to get to what you look at, right? Like it's pixel art is unassuming to a lot of people. They go, it's smaller. There's not a lot that's going on here. But I like, I had legitimate, like almost goosebumps, right? Looking through all the stuff that we did on the game last night, especially as just a review to go like, what all did we do? And just going like, oh man, this thing looks so different for a long time. Mm, I'll bet. And it looked really, you know, it looks crappy to start with. <laughs> if you want to, if you, you know, to be honest, right? Like just little stupid looking characters in various places <laughs> and not really knowing the form or the shape of anything uh, that then turns into what it is now is, is one of my favorite things. So I don't, uh, I wouldn't mind. I'll show you. I'll, I'll share any of the the pixel art that you want because that's you know that's what I touched, and we should we should absolutely share uh, all of Ryan Kingdom's uh, delicious drawings because I don't. I'm not even sure that anybody has access to in the public to all of the like high res ingredients that you did. That might be in a press package somewhere, but like yeah, I there uh, might, I think there are some just on my portfolio site that I put up. But, sure. other than um, that. but, but I would love to share all those, including the, like, um, we went through a process with Ryan K to, to get Loon created, the main character. And, <laughs> and so they're like, he did multiple options and they were all shapes and sizes and different, yeah. you know, different, different body types and, and decoration and all that. So yeah, I would, I would love to share any and all of that. Yeah, I'm, I'm happy with that. I'll dig around in my uh, computer and uh, try to find find where those are buried. Awesome. I would love to share that with the Playdate community if you guys are willing. Uh, I, I'm very interested in process work as well. I mean, I'm a, I'm a teacher. I teach art. Mm -hmm. And so, you know, I think we're very aligned in that. 
Um, finally, just to wrap things up, I know you mentioned starting on this way back in 2017, Ryan K 2020 ish. And <laughs> here it's finally come out in 2022. It's been a long time. What are you guys working on now? Anything you want to tell folks about? Gosh, uh, Ryan S, would you like to go first? <laughs> um, you know, in terms of that, uh, there's there's not a lot that I can openly talk about, right? We've, we've talked about <laughs> doing, doing new games. Uh, this this took a lot of effort, and we, we kind of um, are all involved in various uh, things at this point. I'm, I'm currently working uh, more professionally as a like UI and UX um, architect at, uh, on, on software right now. So that's not, it's not glamorous things like a, <laughs> like a, like a video game, um, but that's, that's kind of been my focus for a little bit. And we're trying to circle back around uh, sooner than later to what's the, what's the next game, so. <laughs> Will that will that game be a playdate game? Uh, it it could could quite possibly be one. Uh, I would I would be open to doing it. It's one of those things where like we're all familiar with the systems. It would be fun. I think it would take the right idea for us to all be excited about doing that specific process again because there is um, part of the playdate experience that was incredible was its limitations, right? And it's like very, very, very strict adherence to a certain like finding a style within a smaller environment and also like programming in the thing. You do you have a lot of lot of lot of stuff that you have to watch out for and like uh, just in terms of processing power and, and how you actually um, create the assets for all this, right? And and so part of the part of the allure probably is to say, yeah, but what if we move to something bigger? What if we do something else? I also see the benefits of saying I love the playdate. This thing is this thing is amazing. It's cute, and you can't get these things elsewhere. And and I find that fascinating uh, personally. And so I I would be open to uh, doing another playdate game, but it's only if uh, only if they let us, you know. <laughs> Ryan K, what are you up to these days? Uh, let's see. I'll plug a, a couple things. So um, let's see. I uh, have uh, some artwork in an upcoming uh, tabletop RPG, uh, Apocalypse Keys, which is now on Kickstarter. Um, we also, I also have a uh, comic in the works uh, for uh, an upcoming uh, comics anthology called uh, One Shot After the End, it's a post-apocalyptic anthology, uh, coming to Kickstarter sometime in the next month. I think um, so. Uh, like late September slash October or so, um, and then I uh, am. Uh, I won't say too much about it yet, but I am noodling away at a uh, graphic novel project uh, with uh, my uh, good friend uh, Caleb Zane Hewitt author of Buster and Buster Undercover. Um, he's, uh, <laughs> he's, uh, uh, he's great. And, um, and we are uh, very excited, but there's still a lot of uh, dev work to be done. So um, still very early. Wow. Ryan Kingdom, I'm very excited to hear about all this comic <laughs> stuff. As ah. a cartoonist, I, I, uh, I, I know I'm biased, but yeah, oh, totally. <laughs> I, I just read through um, 
let's see uh bottle uh oh, God. oh bottle drops bottle drops <laughs> and the the dark sonic um <laughs> the, uh, my, zine my... <laughs> that was like basically a big comic um <laughs> called uh oh gosh i'm forgetting the title already please help me it's uh called faker it's faker. My very very genuine fanzine about shadow the hedgehog <laughs> i i was really surprised at how like existential and personalized you <laughs> were able to you know bring to that uh character i i thought that was really Ew. interesting i was reading through that just before our interview and like yeah this is this is good stuff so i'm uh-huh. excited <laughs> about all your upcoming comic work and uh if you want to give us some kickstarter urls we can toss those in the show notes yes. for today's episode as well yes i absolutely i will get you some some urls for some websites cool sounds good so <laughs> listeners show notes for today's episode we'll have some kickstarter urls for you yeah. uh, awesome well anything else you guys want to let playdate listeners know about uh before we sign off here you've got a platform <laughs> Um, yeah, I mean, I guess the one thing that I didn't get to broach, uh, mm-hmm. when talking about the animation stuff was the Olympic, right? Uh, it's the, the combination where you see all the creatures in, <clears throat> in, in the bottles. Yes. Um, that's my favorite part of the game. So you should check it out if you haven't. <laughs> yeah. Uh, but, um, second of all, they all have names, uh, mm. and, uh, they, deserve to be known uh the, the, <laughs> the electric the electric deer's name is john uh <gasps> j-a-h-m uh, oh really good the uh the the little piggy is named mia uh the uh the little frog is named roberto um, oh really good uh, perfect the, <laughs> the space whale is named walter uh the little merman is named mortal uh and the uh little bird is named freya oh that's so i i i can get the connection of roberto but what are all the other named connections do you know a deer named john or like how does how did all this get named john deer of course oh, of course <laughs> so, you know so i can't each of these were <laughs> kind of little jokes as i was sitting working on each of those little orbs took oh so many hours to, <laughs> i can't even imagine and actually get uh feeling correct in there and so i had to sit with them for a long time and so they each they just each needed to have a name and they the inspiration struck in in different places at different times some at 2 a.m some at 9 a.m <laughs> so, you know um but yeah they all they all have a they're a little little jokes but also uh very uh dear to my heart so that's fantastic that's fantastic thank you for sharing that and Absolutely. also thank you both for spending your time with us here today i can't wait to share your work, your process, your thoughts with our listeners. And I've been an admirer of your game Aww. since, since I opened it, since I unwrapped, since the play date unwrapped that digital package <laughs> for me, I was really quite taken with this. So thank you for sharing your time today. Well, thank, thank you for having us. Yeah, yeah it absolutely. Means, it means a lot. <laughs> mm-hmm. It really, yeah, really appreciate it. It's been wonderful. Uh,